Blog Talk Radio. If you like this background music, Bob, it's good. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to You Are Okay Talk Radio. Live. We are a couple hours early today. Wanted to make sure we kept our for being here with us. Oh, host is marriage. She has dropped off the line. No, it muted her for some reason. There you go. Now you're here, correct? Yes. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to our time with God, with love. Thank you for coming. Yes, thank you all. Hope everyone's had a great week. It's been a, it's been a week for me. It's, it was a long week, a lot of travel delays and drama, but... You know, you make it through it, and it doesn't seem so bad, and you kind of just sit back and laugh at it. And, you know, during the time that you have, I was stuck four hours on a tarmac in the airplane and very little air. It was very hot. People getting all, you know, upset around you. And, and you know, of course, you're a little upset as well, and you know you're going to miss your next flight, and you don't know what all is going to happen. And that's the time when, you know, I remember a couple of weeks ago, or maybe last week, Mary, you had said, we exchanged an email and you said, yes, all is well. But I sense something coming up where you're going to need to breathe. And as I sat there, that came to me and I said to myself, aha, this is the time when I need to breathe. And so I would just periodically take some deep breaths and and sometimes count to ten even, and, you know, we, we made it through it, and four hours is a long time to sit in an airplane trapped in a, in a, in a warm tube, if you will. <laughs> but Yes, yes. You know, oh. it reminds me to be patient, reminds me also, since I travel so much, I usually get bumped to first class, and I actually was that day, and I gave up that first class seat so that I could leave out a little bit earlier on this flight so that I would hopefully make my connection. So it also made me made me remember that I needed to be thankful for all the times that I do get that upgrade and I'm allowed to have a little bit more leg room and a little bit more space. So, you know, we always look at those challenging times as opportunities to learn a lesson and not become angry. Yes, which is a challenge, isn't it? It is a challenge. It is a challenge. As you and I were talking last week after the show that, you know, we're we're just human beings trying to help other human beings have live their life with a little bit more peace. Yes, and yes. In, in that we're human beings, you know, we we experience the same things all of our listeners do. We have moments when we become angry. We have moments when when we're not being our best, and, and it happens to all of us. Yeah, we get caught up in the chaos of the moment, and and which is many times so driven driven by our egos. I I read a, a lovely quote from Desiree today that said uh, something to the effect that. Uh, we need to remember that we're in control of ourselves, not of the situation. That's right. <laughs> so very right, <laughs> especially in the in the situation I found myself. That that's so true. I was in control of myself and what I did, and whether I was angry or or expressed my anger. You could hear other people around me talking, you know, saying bad things about the airline and saying bad things about the pilot, and you know, and. And I tried my best, you know, not to say, and I didn't really say anything. I kind of listened. And then, you know, it was a lot of people were wondering if they were going to miss their flight. And I'm fortunate enough that, I, well, I don't know if it's fortunate enough or or not to have the BlackBerry, the, the tracking device, 
that, mm-hmm. you know, I could hop on and see if my flight was going to be late, and I actually found out it was canceled, and that the rest of them the rest of the day were. And, you know, I heard some people around me saying, oh, I don't know what to do about my flight, and, if I, and if people were calling, and it was taking so long to get through. And I just started asking people, you know, what's your flight number? I'll check it for you. And, oh, nice. you know, you could see, you know, an hour later they'd be anxious again. I'd say, did you want me to check that flight again? And they'd be, oh, if you would, please, I'd be so kind. And, you know, that's the least I could do. And it made my time pass a little bit faster. But I think, you know, in that situation, leading with, you know, is leading with love rather than, you know, start talking bad and being angry and just helping out the people that are around you. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Uh, you know, it's, we sometimes forget, I think Neil Donald Walsh cap- encapsulated it in one of his cards and certainly in his book, that we, what we do for others, we do for ourselves. And what we do for ourselves, we also do for others, probably because of our connection, definitely because of our connection, but that when we, we step outside ourselves and, and uh, our own discomfort and reach out to other people in love, uh, we are in such a great place to start feeling better. What's amazing, if I might say, um, is I um, I forgot to turn off my AOL account. Yes, I still have an AOL account. I know it's not Shishi. I've had an AOL account since uh, it was free originally the first time, but we all know I'm 59. So, I mean, that's, I could have. But I've been Internet on. Uh, in the beginning, I didn't understand it at all. But as you all know, it gives a little beep when you get an email, and uh, I thought, oh my gosh, you're all going to hear this beeping, so I went in, I went in to shut it down, and uh, I thought, well, let me see what would have distracted me, what the universe, what love was sending to me in the middle of the radio program, and I want to share this with you because it is so in tune with what Bob has just said, and it so speaks to the idea that we should never dismiss anything as an accident, but instead as part of the divine plan where God is sending a subtle little message of God is alive and vital and able to do that. Now listen to this one. Better than a thousand useless words is one word that gives peace. Buddha. Mm. Let me read it again. Better than a thousand useless words is one word that gives peace. If you ever even for a midnight moment thought that God was or love was not attuned to you and where you are at the moment, remember that passage that I just read and you will know that God, that love is. Because that's too much to be a coincidence, my friends. Too much. Don't you think, Bob? Oh, definitely. It's, it it goes along with the uh, with the verse, if you will, from from your book, the the coincidences or opportunities waiting to happen. Yes. In that being a coincidence, the coincidence that you know I was stuck in the plane, the coincidence of where we're at at any given moment, or that you know those moments of deja vu, if you will, are really just coincidences to. To remind us to look for the opportunity, and I think that's yes. what where sometimes we stop and forget to look for that opportunity, and we just we we allow negativity to take over, or, or chaos, or rage, or or anger to take us over, and not embrace that moment and look for the opportunity that's there for us waiting, undiscovered. Mm-hmm. And you know, it makes you wonder how many times that there are things that are that are undiscovered that you never do discover or that, you know, several years later maybe you'll discover it with another coincidence. Yeah. Maybe that may be the deja vu is that, wait, I was supposed to have done this another time, but it makes you feel like you've been there, mm-hmm. whether in this mm-hmm. life or a past life if you believe in those. Yeah, and it's kind of an interesting phenomenon that you, uh, as you're moving through life each day, just uh, believing and accepting that everything is the way it's supposed to be. It's huge how that acceptance influences the next moment. I had, um, I, on, on 
Friday afternoon, late, very late in the afternoon, when I could no longer talk to my boss. And you know what? I know my boss will never for a second listen to this show, but I just want to send a tribute to him. He is truly one of the finest men I've ever met in my life. He is so supportive of me that I just am in awe of it. He does not always use perfect words, and he does not always contain his anger. But at his core, he is so loving and caring, generous spirit and kind. And that is exactly what I hope to be. And because I also do not always contain my anger and, and I am not always the model of peace. And so I just want to be more like my boss, Henry. But he wasn't available. And what happened was a comment was made to me, which by the way, I listened to and and it was, how am I going to be able to do this that really started consuming me and created the chaos that engulfed me? Because I was told that I needed to be gentler, but I also needed to still make clear that times were going to change and things were not going to go forward as they used to go forward. Now, that's a challenge. You know, telling people, we're changing everything that you understand, but doing it gently. <laughs> oh, that's kind, of, that's kind of what my job is in most cases is to go in and throw, you know, an organization's accounting department upside down and say, let's rethink everything that you've done, you do now and then we're going to put in a like new you. system and change it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we want you to like us even though you've just now become acclimated to the old way. <laughs> You know, right. We're, we're going to change the way, but please, we're going to do it gentle, and you need to like us. It was such a gigantic challenge and uh, that I didn't sleep much. And I had to get up yesterday, as I told Bob before the program started at 4.30, in order to catch a train. So there wasn't a whole lot of time for sleeping, and I was so caught up in ego so caught up in myself. I knew it. I mean, let me tell you, I knew I needed to do what I was asked to do. And I knew that it was possible, but I forgot for a minute it wasn't possible with me alone. And and so finally, in the morning, 3.30, I said, you know what, love, I accept this is the way it is. I accept that there are some people out there who think I'm a bitch and that I need to be gentler. I accept that I left a voice message for Henry and he didn't call me back. And I accept that he probably doesn't even know I called because that's not Henry, and which proved to be the case. But I accept all of this. And now, God, lead me forward in love so that I know how to deal with this situation that we are in more gently. Folks, Bob, in about 10 minutes, the solution was rolling through my head, and it was divinely inspired. So whether people like Bob and I, because we're agents of change, does not really go to the issue that when we put down our egos, and remember, we're not in charge of the situation, only ourselves, and we breathe, and we accept this moment, no matter how chaotic it may seem, as exactly the way it should be, then at those very moments, at those moments, we suddenly feel our unity with love. And love gives us the answers. And I know that is truly possible for you if it isn't happening now. I know it is. And we invite you to call in and talk about how it is or it isn't. Our number is 646-595-3584. You'll notice today we have a catch-all kind of. Is that what it's called? What catch-all? Yeah, I would call it that. It's kind of a anything goes show, I guess. Today, no gimmicks, no books, just love. And I think that's so important because sometimes we get caught up too much in 
reading quotes from other people and analyzing them, and maybe the show sounds like a book report. (laughs) (laughs) Funny. What's so funny about that, my friends, is that um, Bob and I are notorious for never finishing books. So we just do the report on the little section that we uh, <laughs> that we actually got into the grid. Yeah. <laughs> we, we know what the rest is going to say. So here we are giving you book reports. You notice we don't recommend books very often because <laughs> there's very few that we finish. <laughs> We've both yeah. finished the Bible. One- the ones that we the ones that we do recommend though we at least like the parts that we've read. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes, we like those. We like the ones. <laughs> that is so funny. I hope my laughter is not coming through too loud. How funny! I okay, laughter to... is good medicine. It's putting a big <laughs> on my face, and I'm sure that that wonderful laugh that you have is making someone else feel good right now. Well, I hope so. I forgot to tell them we were starting early today, so hopefully they'll listen at 9 o'clock and know that uh, that was my error. Bob told me last week, I just forgot. and But I know there's kind of a system out there that tells you all when we're coming on, and I hope it was convenient for you to check in with us today. But, uh, oh, my goodness, that was so funny, Bob. It, <laughs> isn't, isn't life funny? <laughs> Sometimes just the smallest thing will make you laugh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is so true. Now, let me tell you that that little, I don't know how loud that music sounded, that first light music. But it now sounded pretty loud. <laughs> what's interesting is it's 18%, but it is truly sounds beautiful when you're listening. It's very, it's actually softly behind and I, I sampled some of that because and I will, I'll tell you that this whole Lisa Lynn and George Tortorelli um, is from my Love and Peace CD that I bought when I was in Santa Fe with Mary Jane and it is I uh, figured out how to, to you know break, make it a part of the program and I try to listen to it every day and, and it's just all the different little parts and and it's uh, so you'll note today I've got kind of more than uh, our share. I have the startup. You never never let me in charge of the switchboard. <laughs> I have the breathing exercise, but I will run it softly behind the breath. One of them, the Dawn one, softly behind the breathing exercise today, and and we'll get a feel for it because it's really very soothing music and uh, kind of nice. I'm looking to see. So when we get there, let me run the board for a second, okay? Okay, sure. We cr- we kind of were maybe a little disorganized this week and putting the show together because I said, you know, I need to leave, and we decided we'd change the show time. Usually we tell one another, okay, you're going to set it up or you're going to set it up. And I know. <laughs> said, okay, we're doing it early, and, well, somehow the show will go on and someone will put something up and someone will put up music. And I checked last night and thought, well, I better do research tonight, a little bit of research tonight. And I came in and I said, oh, I wonder if it's even on there. And I looked and I said, oh, this is so refreshing. I don't need to, it's all there. The music is out. Uh, there's no, nothing to get ready for. It's just go and do it. Yeah, Which was very of... refreshing for me because I've been pretty busy. So I was like, Good. wow, this is great. It was a uh, Good. I'm glad. You know, it's so interesting. The last few days of my life have just been so linked with uh, coincidence and serendipity and synchronicity kinds of things. And it's this particular title was, I, I think I threw this up on Friday when I realized, oh my goodness, I didn't do it. And um, so yesterday I happened to be in communication with a very, very, very strong Christian. And I love strong Christians with open minds, you know. And um, he uh, was just talking to me about the idea that he, he, he was trying, basically he's trying to put together his beliefs about the loving, unconditional loving nature of love of God with the very fundamental Christian 
a message that is coming from the pulpit uh, in his church. You know, if you drive the gays out of the town, you go and sit on the Islam uh, uh, citizens' doors and convince them to be Christians. I mean, a very aggressive approach, proselytizing, very aggressive um, there was a word for that, it, the manifest destiny of Christianity, really, the manifest destiny uh, period in our country was very much grounded in Christian philosophies. So, and here's what he said to me, he says, but the thing is, I'm having a bit of a time with that. I really love my church and I really love the the community of it. But you know, when I read the Bible, I don't think you have to, I it resonates in me and I love it, but I don't have to do that. It it tells me I don't have to do that. It tells me I don't have to go to church. It's nice to go to church. He says, and it's all about what I do and I thought, Oh my gosh. I think that's what they told me the topic was today. No gimmicks, no books, just love. You know, and it's like, wow. And I'm going to end my little monologue here by telling you about a friend who went to Sedona. And this was the question he asked me a week ago. And I meant to mention it last week. But it fits here. Maybe that's part of what prompted the title. He said, but Mira, the thing I'm having difficulty understanding is if Sedona has been, they can prove it's been in existence for 35 million years, then why did, how does that reconcile with Jesus Christ? Wow, huh? what a huge question and what an honor to say that Jesus Christ is a fundamentally beautiful, loving light, very clear, clear message came from this messenger of God, the Son of God, but that there have been messengers and are messengers delivering this message about love and that there are some delivering it with even greater clarity, more simplicity today, and that that God is always loving us enough to send his people to guide us in the ways of love. So... uh, I found that those two conversations just make this title just serendipitous. Don't you love that word, serendipity? Yes, that's a fun word. Yeah, it's a fun word. Thanks for sharing that. That I was. I wondered how you came up with the topic. Yes, but it was very timely because I didn't have time to get into the books, and I don't think we ever do gimmicks. I think it's, you know, that's. I think there's too many people out there that, you know, are in a pulpit that have gimmicks that, you know, maybe are, people are attracted to gimmicks, I think. Yes, they are. And it, 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 it's what leads them in rather than love, and it should be love that's, that's leading, not the gimmick, not the book, not the person there, but the message that they're giving out that should be leading with love and compassion and understanding, thankfulness, peace. Yes, yes. In fact, it's just so interesting because um, we get such huge numbers of people listening when we talk about books that we haven't finished. And, And so, I mean, I think on some level that is the gimmick, people wanting to understand what the most recent thing is. Uh, We get a lot of advertisers on our site, uh, and I found... I find two interesting. One, please know we are not advertising for any political candidate. Please know and that we are not in control of the advertisements that come up on our site. That they, it's totally uncontrolled by us. <laughs> exactly. We have no authority over it. But I, the other day on Friday when I was doing the program, there was one there for Wayne Dyer talking about Manifest Destiny. Now what's interesting is Wayne Dyer is not the person who wrote the book on Manifest Destiny, and I'm not, you know what, neither did we, and we talked about it, so not, I mean, not Manifest Destiny, Manifestation, excuse me, I misspoke, uh, that was written by the Hicks, you know, the Law of Attraction, but here, but Wayne uh, Dyer uh, was offering an opportunity for people to listen to uh, something that he had prepared for free on the Law of Manifestation, and um, I thought, how wonderful, but to me, uh, 
interestingly, that was partly before I put this in, that I realized we all do things to attract people to hear what we our message is and our messages are. But, Bob, I will tell you, I believe, and I just read this too today. I, I'm amazed at the number of little passages I've read today, but that <laughs> when, <laughs> when the... Um, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. And so, you know, all of these, sometimes the gimmicks, you know, talking about somebody else's idea, like the Hicks manifestation or Wayne Dyer's Tao, uh, that's okay because we are the, the teachers that the persons who are listening are, are ready to hear at that moment. And then they will go forward and spread their message and the message and it will spread that way. But you know we've we've been going on 34 minutes, and you have not yet done Well, we haven't breathing. done our breathing exercise, have we? No. We haven't. <laughs> but it's been good. Why don't we do it's that? Been... I will. Okay. I don't even have the centering exercise in front of me. I have it, but let me grab that here. I actually had it in my stack to make sure that I took with me for the next four weeks. Let's see. Yeah. So if we'll all begin and just kind of enjoy the silence around you or create silence around you. Sometimes there's a lot of noise, but I find that I can create silence by taking deep breaths and breathing in and create that silence for myself. And let's begin by using the centering exercise from How to Pray Without Being Religious by Janelle Moon. And no, I haven't read the whole book. The... Let's begin with that this morning, and then we'll move into our breathing exercise, and we'll listen to the great music that Mara has uploaded for us. So let's all center ourselves now and and push out everything that's around us and push away all of the negativity that may have built up from being out in the world this week. And let's remember that there is a seed in you that is your center, it is your spiritual center and is the place where your love sprouts and grows. It lies in the heart, in the deepest place of your being where love is never-ending. It is the place where love can find protection. Love can find its root. Love can find its wings to grow. This is your center. This is the place in you that holds heart with harmony. This is the place in which you matter. From your heart, you are centered. You are in a green, growing place of love. Love starts with you and shines its face on you. Love loves you. Love spreads to your neighbors, to the world. You are centered. You are love. You are centered in the wonder of love. And as you are centered there now, let's take some deep breaths together and let's concentrate today on on our hearts and having more of an open heart and allowing that love to flow from our self into those that are around us and further out into those that are in our neighborhoods, in our community, in our state, in our country, in our world, our universe. And let's take in a deep, deep breath, pulling all the air that you can into your lungs and just fill it, filling up your heart, filling your heart with oxygen that's flowing into your body, restoring all taking you, reminding you that you are one with the world, one with the universe. Remember, as you breathe out, to let out all of the stale air from your lungs. Release all that air that's been trapped inside those little air sacs and let out all the negativity. Release all negativity from your body as you exhale the air. And as you take in that next Think of, think of a rose bush and think of pulling through the water up through the stems of the rose bush and it pulling in the nutrients that create that little bloom. And as you pull in more air, pull it in and imagine that flower starting to open. And as you exhale, again, let all of the air out of your lungs. And as you do that, imagine that flower just opening up and look at the beauty of that rose and see that rose there just in full 
blossom in full glory of the sun shining down on it, pulling the nutrients, water up through the As you pull that air back into your body again, pull the air up through your through your feet and up through your your limbs and up into your up into your gut and that air and oxygen in your heart and loving energy of universe and then let's exhale fill the lungs all the way up and exhale Just continue breathing, deep, full breaths, pushing everything from your mind, listening to the music. Survival of all things. All things are divine. 
The Divine One created you with the expectation that you would remember your Creator and reminded you by telling you His name. The Great I Am. Say it and believe it. Now act it. And by stopping, by stopping for a minute before we act, we reconnect with the love that is coursing through our bodies. And we can ask that question, what would love do now? Rather than reacting, and in many times when we react, we lead straight from our ego. And, you know, egocentric is not good. Self-centered is. Thank you, Bob. Thank you. Yes, I think that's very important for people to 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 realize and understand the, the the last sentence that you said that egocentric isn't good, but self-centered is. There's nothing wrong with being self-centered as long as it's not ego-driven and it's for your own aggrandizement, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you can only, once again, you only have control of yourself. And so when we, when you find yourself, when any of us find ourselves, when I find myself in a situation where I engage in less than loving behavior and I'm looking for a way to explain it, generally my explanation is something about how someone made me do it or I had to do it. I couldn't let that pass. Why not? That takes us back to uh, Don Miguel Reese. Uh, Be impeccable with your word. Be impeccable with your word and choose peace over being right. Which do you value most, your peace or being right? Right, and it goes back to to a verse in your book, which is blame does not solve problems. Yes. Yes. And a lot of times, even blaming yourself doesn't solve the problem. I think it's, you know, we have to recognize that, no, I was being egocentric, and mm-hmm. that's why it, that's why I said or did what I did in that moment, rather than stopping and reconnecting and taking mm-hmm. those three deep breaths to bring us back to center and, re, and realize, you know, not to, not to, to lead without love, really. Yeah, personal accountability. Huge, huge. Can I tell you a funny story? Oh, sure. We love funny stories. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's to be as funny as I'm not reading the books. But um, <laughs> I don't know if I'll ever match that one again. That may have been a confession people would, that we, I shouldn't have made. Anyway, um, when I was very young, in my early 20s, um, okay, I was trained as a teacher, and um, my husband was in the military. And we were stationed in Fort Knox, Kentucky. And he was a captain in the military. And believe me, uh, I really came to know the importance of uh, having the right title in front of your name because rank has its privileges. And it also carried with it a certain snootiness. Uh, Fortunately, we were too young to understand that. And so uh, hopefully that was not manifested by us. And if it was, I send... Um, my sorrows for our having engaged in that to anybody. But we didn't go into medical clinics and ask to be put ahead of other people or go to restaurants and expect uh, to be seated before the people behind us. Uh, None of those kinds of things, although technically on some level those were options in the world in which we lived. Well, I was a new teacher, and I had a new baby. And uh, so one day, and... I tended to stay home with her, uh, at least I did for a while, and so we, um, I would do substitute teaching occasionally, and so I went to the substitute um, position at a, an elementary school, and I was monitoring a group of first graders, I believe, very interesting experience, and uh, there was a break in the teacher's lounge, and I guess I was there a couple of days, so this was my second day there. And so I was in the teacher's lounge, and there was a kindergarten teacher there. 
And she was absolutely livid, totally livid, and was telling this story that I'm about to share. The day before, one of the little kindergartners decided uh, she got her dressed and she put her out the door, and it was the first day that we had snow. They don't have a lot of snow in Kentucky, for those of you who don't know, but there were occasional flurries, at least when I was there, and that was a long time ago. And so uh, this little kindergartner, uh, her boots were put on and her gloves and her coat and her muffler and her hat, and uh, she was sent put outside to go home like the other kids. Well, we lived in a pretty secure world, and believe it or not, there was a time when parents didn't walk their kids to school. <laughs> so this little girl was expected uh, to find her way home. Um, I'm not aghast at that because my little girl, um, when she became of age, was expected to find her way home from kindergarten, too. It was a matter of just a couple of blocks, and uh, she didn't have any problems. So uh, please don't put today's standards of our walking kids back and forth to school on to this into this situation. That was not the norm. So this is not a judgment of the mother. I was and in kindergarten. We walked to, we walked to school. <laughs> Yes, good. Me too. Yeah, we and got I walked further than. Yeah, I walked further. We got ourselves ready and left after our parents did to go to work. Actually. <laughs> yeah, you're all right. There you go. So I mean, the world was a different once. We weren't quite so protective. It's so interesting. Everybody sees this as not big, but anyway. So this little girl is expected to walk the two blocks home. And uh, so, and the. The kindergarten teacher, you know, had began her second class when an aide came in and told her she needed to go to the principal's office and that the uh, she was going, the aide was going to watch her class. And the teacher was disciplined because when the little girl got home, she was barefoot, no coat, no gloves, no hat, nothing, and the mother blamed the teacher because the little girl, the mother said to the little girl, where are your coats? Oh, well, Miss Miss Whatever didn't put it on me. Where are your boots? She said I could walk this way. And so when the mother came, yeah, I know, can you believe this? And when the mother came back to the school, she found a little trail of her daughter's clothing along the sidewalk. But did that alert her? that maybe accountability needed to rest with this little teeny baby or herself. Maybe she needed to be with her. Maybe she wasn't ready to walk. But no, she comes back, and it was the teacher's fault that the little girl came home barely dressed. <laughs> and I made a decision at that point, and from that point on with my children, when they would say, I did this because so-and-so, I said, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> you did this because you did this. And I guess that's the point of the story, folks. We do what we do because we do it. Not because somebody else is out there giving us, you know, nudging us on. We have a choice. We right. have a choice. As we've all heard, if they if they asked you to jump off the bridge, would you do it? Exactly. Of course. <laughs> right? I mean, it, that's kind of what it boils to yeah. and no, we do exactly. make our own decisions, and and there's not a reason to blame someone else for the decisions that we made. I don't know why. We we actually we spend probably a lot of energy and a lot of useful time during our during our day uh, trying to figure out why we did something when we know it's just because we missed the mark. Yes. You just say, yes. "Hey, I made a mistake," rather than try to come up and blame someone else for it or come up with a reason that so-and-so said to do it or other than yeah. say, hey, I made a mistake. Nothing wrong with making a mistake. That's, that's how how you learn, and it's part of being a human being is to make mistakes. And, and you know, if you look at it in retrospect, a lot of times it maybe wasn't a mistake. It was something that you did to allow you to move forward with something else or to make a better decision later. Or to learn it is yeah to learn you know something and and it, it we have all sorts of lessons they aren't all positive most of us remember the negative ones better 
But the reality is, it's so amazing when you say, I made a mistake. You don't have to hold on to it and justify it for the rest of your life. Uh, you know, but when you you start creating a drama that makes something that happened have no connection to you, then you are always going to remember that. It will come nudging back in its real form to you as, as you try to explain to yourself and to others why it wasn't what it was. You don't have to be perfect, folks. The glory of love is you are loved unconditionally no matter what you do. There is no place to go but home to God, to love. And so there's no eternal damnation. There's nothing that is going to keep you from going back. And remember, some of us are here, uh, we are all here as both teachers and students, not just some of us. We're all here as messengers and as students. And so there are going to be times when each and every one of us engage in conduct which is not our highest self, but in so doing, we are providing another person an opportunity to reach out and model being their highest self. And in that process, that works as a reminder to us of who we can be if we keep our eyes open. And so in the next moment, we can now model that loving conduct. It's, so we just um, take that moment to stop and think, reconnect, perfect. take deep breaths, Stop count to ten, you. whatever it is. Yeah, whatever it is that you do, remember that you're okay. You are fine just the way you are. You know, we haven't said that today. Maybe that's something we should do is um, our, our I am enough. I, so much of life's pain and suffering arises from people thinking that they need to accumulate and amass a huge amount of whatever, goodwill if there's someone who's out there doing good things for someone else uh, because they want recognition from that, uh, not sharing the glory, and not allowing others to participate. Interesting idea. You thought I was going to jump with, with money and accumulation of things. But you know what? Sometimes we can be too good. I mean, we can be too much willing to step in, and by our stepping in, we're denying other people the chance to step in. And we may not really be serving ourselves. In our serving other people, we may be neglecting our own internal peace. You may be feeding your ego <laughs> instead. Yes, good point. Yes, feeding your ego, exactly, rather than, rather than feeding our peace. And so... We're enough. We don't have to do all of that. We can give ourselves a break and just spend some time um, being at peace, doing nothing. What a thought. Doing nothing but being at peace with God. Stopping and reconnecting. So, Bob, why don't we say together with all of those who may be listening now or later, I am enough. 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 Absolutely. I am enough. And as we go through this week uh, and we find ourselves in those chaotic moments when our egos are really taking control, maybe that's the time when we need to remember I am enough. And in the process, remember that when God told us his name, folks, look in Exodus. Look in Exodus. I am not asking you to to take this on my word. I pray it's Exodus. But if you look, God told, I'm sure God told Moses when he was supposed to lead the people, I'm pretty certain it was Moses, what he was supposed to say, he was Moses was supposed to tell the people, tell them that you are sent by the great I am. And the only problem I have with it, it may have been something to deal with Joseph. I, I Sometimes I have my stories screwed up, but the bottom line is I know that God gave a message to someone who was leading people, and I'm sure it was Moses, out of slavery in Egypt, 
he could assemble the people by reminding them that God's name was the great I am. Now let's say it. What is God's name? Let's say it out loud. God's name is the great I am. I am. Wow, if that doesn't make you stop before you move, I'm not sure what will. How? What humility is in that? Wow. I think what it really does, what that, what that, what what went through my mind as you were talking about that was, is that I, you know, that we are all connected and we are all one, and that we all have the same light with it within us, no matter whether you're Christian, Muslim, Jewish, yes. whatever whatever faith you follow, that that remember that you are enough, you are you are God. And that if you then you need to dem- demonstrate that, not by being religious, not by being in a pulpit, not by being worshipped by someone, but by Leading with love and loving people and making sure that you demonstrate love and and positivity, if that's such a word, rather than negativity. Positive, yes. maybe, is the word. But, but no, I like the word positivity. If it wasn't a word, we've made it one. And and I think the idea being that when when you accept <laughs> you accept that you are truly God's child, and that you are a part of the microcosm, that's not, so many people say you can't say that because they act like that feeds the ego. It doesn't feed the ego, it feeds the self. But with it comes responsibilities. If you, you know, people used to say, well, you know, when you're acting, you need to think about what would Jesus say if he came back right now and saw you acting this way how about let's take it a further it's a little bit more humbling i think to say what would i do if i was jesus what would i do if i was buddha what would i do if i was muhammad what would i do if i was the great spirit what would i do if i am yahweh what would i do if i am allah Whoa, whoa, is there humility in that? certainly is for me. That's not ego. That's not feeding your ego. That's saying, how would I act if I were that? And I think people are afraid of that concept. They see that as a a degradation of God. I see that as a humbling thought. It should humble you. Yeah. Stop. How would I stop before you act? And take a moment to say, what would love do now? What would love do next? Do I really need to break my peace? Do I really need to be right? Or can I just lead with love? And be safe in that knowledge. And friends, take that with you this week and make that part of your day to remember to stop and ask that question. What would Mohammed do? What would Yahweh do? Etc. And take the time to ask that question real quick before, before you act on anything that you do during this week and see how it changes your life, how it makes your life a much more Positive, makes your life much more positive and more fulfilling by by stopping and not throwing negative things out there. Stop and have compassion, love one another, and have a great week. And thank you for joining us today. And as you're meditating on the music that follows, remember to use the words, I am love.
love and fold you, my friends. Namaste.